Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media, where we follow around a bunny girl and then listen to Alicia Keys. That's right. It's, it's <laughs> I, Takeshi. It's us. It's us. We're <laughs> back. Better than ever. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about Rascal Does Not Dream of a Bunny Girl Senpai. It's a pretty funny little series. It was written by, oh, I got my translation here, my translator. Here we go. Hajime Kamoshida. Hajime ko, ko, I can't Kamosh- say that. Kamoshida. Kamoshida. Yeah. Well, thank goodness we have Google Translate for that one. <laughs> I would have the bed on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was originally a light novel. It was released April 10th of 2014. I can't imagine this still going on, but it is. It's 11 novels. And then it got so popular, it got translated into a manga, which it came out in January 2016, and it's still going on, and it's only four novels so far. And we're going to talk about the anime series, and that was released in October 4th of 2018, and it went till December 27th of 2018, and it's only 13 episodes was directed by, whew, this one's going to be a tough one. I'm going to have to put this in Google Translate. <laughs> Here we go. So Yeah, that one right there. <laughs> I wonder if sometimes like, oh, is it going to be a long name? But that didn't sound long. It just. It's really hard to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so boy <laughs> there's nothing else they've really done i guess crazy it was done at cloverworks the other things they've done oh my god a lot they've done quite a few the promised neverland i'm assuming that might be something about robin Ho- no not robin hood the flying boy <laughs> anyway uh Shatter's no did House, you say promised land promised neverland Oh, you mean um, Peter Pan? Peter Pan. I was going to say Peter Hook. But the flying boy. Yeah, flying <laughs> boy. <laughs> and they've also done Shadow's House, Wonder Egg Priority. I've never heard of any of these, but... I was going to ask, is there anything they've watched? or Persona 5, which is a video game, but it's also a anime, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so... They've done quite a bit of work, too. There is no video game. 
how I found this anime is I follow Crunchyroll on Instagram, and they have this whole entire top 10 couples, and this one happened to be on there, and it looked really cute and everything. I was like, okay, well, I'll check this out. And this was really hard for me to watch. I'll get into that later. I want to get into the plot first. <laughs> it was no, it's funny because Takeshi, you recommended this one, and then I <laughs> lagged on watching it for a long time. Yeah. But you started and then stopped and then started, and I wasn't sure what to expect when I started watching it. So, but you definitely struggled. <laughs> We'll get into it in a little yes. bit because I want to get into the, uh, <laughs> that's a good side note. We'll get into the, I'll totally talk about that. So it pretty much follows this high school boy named Sakuta Azusagawa. Yeah, oh my God. Why is this such a tough one? Um, Sakuta. He's not the most popular boy in school. He actually only has, so he says, two friends it seems like he's kind of antisocial in a way, but he's pretty blunt. I can't really explain what is going on with him because it could probably give away too much. But he doesn't get along with his best friend's girlfriend because he's kind of on the lower end of the totem pole. And she's afraid that if they hang out, then he'd be less popular, which is kind of weird. So he's hanging out in the library and he notices this girl wearing a bunny outfit. And she's kind of walking up to people. To, and he was like, am I dreaming? I don't believe this is really going on. And so she walks past me and he looks at her and goes, why are you wearing this bunny outfit? And she's like, you could see me. He's like, yeah, you're this pretty well-known model named Mai Chan. My son? Yeah, um, she's an actress model. Yeah, she's an actress, famous famous model. That's why he noticed her, because she's all over the place. So then she just says, don't tell anybody you saw me. I'm not really here. You're just seeing things in a way. So it's like the first day of school, and then he notices that she goes to the same school as he does. And so he walks up to her, and he says, why were you wearing this weird bunny outfit? And she said, well... Because most people, they don't see me, they don't recognize me, they ignore me. She thought he would just think she was crazy. But instead, he believed it, and he called it adolescent syndrome, or puberty syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I had to look it up because I wanted to see if there was an actual thing. It's a thing in Japan. And here's the quote. It is a term used to describe abnormal experiences during adolescence as a result in sensitivity and instability. Although considered an urban legend, this occurrence is experienced by each of the main characters. And that's interesting because it's, it is, it's like kind of, um, I like that they call it an urban legend. It's kind of like supernatural things happening or right. like hard things to explain. And then it is happening when you're a teenager. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. It's kind of like, uh, that one series we watched, Love to Nebio and Other Delusions, kind of like mm -hmm. that in a way, but not really. I can't remember what they called their thing. We Isn't watched it so Genevio? many. Oh yes, yeah, Genevio. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's. But again, it's something that's specific to an age group going through like hormonal changes and puberty and stuff, and then having these other things happen 
um, to them. Right. So he believes her and then they go to his house and he shows her this crazy ass scar on his chest. And it pretty much explains why people don't really acknowledge him much at school and they think he's just kind of a freak because he has some crazy story that happened at a hospital, but instead trying to explain himself to his school or anything, he just went back to school and just pretended like nothing happened. And this is all connected as well to his little sister that he lives with. Yeah, his sister has the same kind of problem, which Mm -hmm. he still can't explain except for adolescent syndrome. Mm -hmm. He's there to support her in this strange experience she's having, and he kind of goes to all lengths for it, and they're flirting the whole time, and he obviously really likes her. She's older, so she's always... That's why he calls her a senpai. Senpai, yeah. And then she kind of teases him about being younger than her. But he's very much like a committed friend to her really fast, which I don't know if she's used to having. Right, because she was always just busy doing acting and modeling. So Yeah, and he challenges her in a different way than probably other people have. The cool thing about him, he is very blunt and he doesn't hold back about what he's thinking. And so to some people, it might seem a bit brash and offensive, but I think that's why his two other friends like him, too. But everything comes from, like, a good place. His his, right. like intentions are kind. Like, he's a kind person. So. I forgot also to mention that this is our first Crunchyroll anime, mm-hmm. and it seems like a lot of their anime is subtitled only. It's not dubbed. So that's a little hard for me in general because I like to listen and kind of do some other things and then pay attention a little bit more. But at the same time, it was kind of fun to listen to Japanese and kind of learn new words. I think I'm going to do something else while I'm watching TV, even though I end up just watching TV. But when it's like a bigger commitment when you know you have to read subtitles. So then I end up putting it off because I'm like, oh, I should wait until I'm really ready to watch something and not need to do something else. It's ridiculous. We should just watch TV if we're going to watch TV. So, <laughs> But I do like listening to the language. It is cool to listen to the language. And it does actually feel like you're really in Japan and not with this different accents in America. And sometimes you do recognize the voice actors and actresses when it's just done in English, where this, I don't recognize anybody, which is pretty cool. Okay, so the reason why I was having such a hard time watching this was because... The first three, four episodes is about Mai and Sakuta. And I thought that's what the whole entire anime was going to be about, was mostly just them and their crazy little romance. And when it was just like the first three, four episodes of him going, oh, I love... I can't go into that part. Where it was just them like kind of coming to terms with each other. And then there happens to be this other girl and kind of maybe creating this love triangle. I was like, oh, no, I don't know if my heart can take this. That's why I kept on going back and forth on it, because it was just like, why is this happening right now? And I want to get a little bit deeper into this because I've watched 10 episodes right now. So the way the series is going right now for me is each story or plot line is about three, four episodes long. 
And it, the only way I can explain how this series or what this series really is, it feels like a detective series about this adolescence syndrome and how he is going to help out different people with it. Oh, I like that because I am in the very early episodes and I was nervous because I was like, oh, is this just going to be sad? And then how are we going to keep going in this um, strange world of like what occurrences are happening? And I thought it was just the focus of the two characters love. But then I got into the next, I don't know, third or fourth one. And then it was a different thing around adolescent syndrome was happening. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> it's a whole different thing. Um, so that is a good point to bring up. It's it's about more about adolescent syndrome in some ways. Yeah. It's kind of like a slice of life slash X-Files is the only way I can explain yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah, because there's a cool character. I don't remember her name, but she's like a scientist and she's like a student. There oh, there's one about like, her. There's. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah. she's really into science and physics and all of that. So she ends up, I know in the beginning, when helping um, him figure out these, the adolescent syndrome stuff going on. Utada, that's her name. Yeah. So she was kind of interesting character. So that's good. So then they go more in depth with her as well. Yeah, they do. And there is another character I saw. And so there was hints of her at the beginning. So I'm assuming that comes around. Yeah, that does come around. So it's definitely worth it. And so I'm on the last three episodes and I'm going to complete it because it does talk more about Sakuta. Definitely for me, it's worth it. It kept on making me go, oh, I don't know if I should watch this because of this is going on, and I want them to be together. And <laughs> <laughs> I need to take breaks. I have to say, I signed up for the free Crunchyroll You trial, signed up for so it? Went... What? Oh, okay. I didn't I sign just... up for it. Oh, and you, do you have commercials? No. <gasps> Why did I sign up for something? I told you not okay. to, remember? I can't remember what the rule was. So I'll unsign up. But I do want to say, like, I set it up so it's on my TV because I have like a Roku TV and like the Fire Stick or blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it kept crashing and that was really frustrating. Oh, that's a thumbs down. So I don't know if it was Crunchyroll or my internet. It might be Crunchyroll. I don't know because, okay, so Sony owns Crunchyroll and they recently bought... Funimation. And so everybody's kind of wondering, are they going to merge together? Because together they have this big, huge catalog, and which is a win-win for us. And it seems like, well, I guess Funimation also does it, but Crunchyroll does it in a sense that like, they have a manga section, they have like an anime section, and they have this whole entire forum so people can talk about stuff. Anime and anime characters and different characters and what's coming up. It seems like Crunchyroll to me is a little bit more current in the anime stuff versus Funimation. Sometimes their stuff is a little bit older, except for Fruits Basket. Everything seems dubbed in Funimation. Funimation has their whole entire team together, where Crunchyroll doesn't seem like they do that at all. They just sub it and release it. So Maybe it'll be like Crunchyroll gets the new stuff and then eventually gets funneled through Funimation. Yeah, maybe. I mean, kind of sad to hear that the app doesn't work that good on your Roku yeah, and your I'll Fire. I'll try it again, but it did make it difficult. 
So it was like, I was like, can't do this anymore. <laughs> like restarting, restarting. Well, yeah. And we took a small break because Elaine just got a new job and she had to go through training. And I got super busy with my podcast editing. So here we are again. I mentioned that you don't need to sign up for the free one, really. But you have to figure it out. It's free Funimation is terrible. Oh, it's with commercials. But you're saying free Crunchyroll doesn't have commercials. It probably does. <laughs> but maybe it's something else I'm getting for the free trial. Maybe I'll Yeah, you're probably getting something else. Like, I didn't get any commercials because I used an ad blocker. Oh, I have ad blocker. Do you get those e- those little pop-ups, though, that go like, please let us show ads because that's how we make money? And I always feel bad. I feel guilty. Do you feel guilty? No. No guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. I'm like, no, I don't want to see the ads. Don't make me feel bad about not wanting to see ads. Zero <laughs> given. <laughs> I go, what would Takeshi do? Block ads. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't care. <laughs> I liked it. I really, I do recommend this. Yeah, okay. So my biggest complaint... I'll give some complaints about this series. I thought the character designs were just kind of like running the mill. They all looked the same to me. I couldn't tell the girls apart at times. They all had the same face. There's this one girl who talked to her, to Sakuda, and I thought it was Mai. Did she have blue eyes and dark hair? Yes. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> And so I was like, wait a minute here. And then even Sakuda and his best friend. They look a lot alike. They look a lot alike, too. And even the girl that's all in the science, she looks like Mai, too, but she has glasses. Well, she has different hair color. No, it's darker brown, too. No, she's actually the same hair color as Sakuta. Oh, does she? Yeah. It's a gray, beigey color hair, I thought. But she looks a lot like her, too. And I'm like, okay. Come on, you guys got to do something about this character design. If a blind man can see this shit, notice it's similar characters. Come on, come on. Yeah, like, okay, what else? And the music kind of sucked. <laughs> I didn't notice. Oh, I did not like that, the beginning music. The yeah, intro music? Um, and you can't skip it. Like, it's like, there's no skipping it. If you use the browser, you just go, bloop, and you just push well, it ahead like a minute and a half. It's like, I don't know, like Netflix and stuff like that. They'll be like, skip intro, and you could just hit a button and it skips. I even think Funimation did that, like skip intro. No, Funimation does not do that. They don't? Who does? Someone does. Probably just Netflix. So I noticed they don't have that feature. So I have to like remember it's at like 220, <laughs> like two minutes. <laughs> so just fast forward. To me, it sounds like the sisters singing that. I didn't like this sister at the beginning, the first episode. She she's kind of weird, yeah. Like, she's, like, sleeping in his bed, and she's like, Big brother, are you too excited in the morning? And I'm like, oh, my God, where is this going? <laughs> I, was like, I, don't need, I don't need any of that. Um, but it got better. Yeah. Later in the series, I think it's just because she's really scared of whatever happened to her. Yeah, or she's something. kind of agoraphobic. Yeah, a little traumatized. She doesn't and go to school anymore. She doesn't go to school. <laughs> she, like, stopped going to school. She stays home. Yeah. And there's reasons for that, too. So I'm hoping <laughs> the last three episodes will get into that, which is pretty exciting. So who is this for? 
I think this is actually for anybody who's willing to tolerate watching subs. <laughs> yes. Yes, because it's not super just romance, like romantic. It has, like you said, that X-Files detective vibe to it. And it's not ever really that intense or stressful or there's not ever too much drama. Maybe there is on the last two, three episodes. <laughs> But so far, it's been good for me. <laughs> I've been able to handle it. And I actually kind of wanted to, like, watch the last three episodes before we started recording so I could feel like I completed it. But it'll, it'll actually just be after this. <laughs> we, can, we can do a follow-up. Yeah, definitely. And I'm actually kind of curious about the manga and the light novels now. So I'm a fan. It's a good first Crunchyroll experience. Yeah, yeah. I give it a thumbs up. Okay, so Crunchyroll... I think it runs the videos better than Funimation, but I think the good industry standard for streaming video is definitely Netflix because you can skip the intros, you can skip the end credits, and you skip to the meat. But sometimes when you do that on Netflix, you miss like the last little minute ending part. And so you got always got to make sure to get through the, all the credits so you can watch that part. Yeah, you're right. Cause some animes do have that. They have the credits and then they have like a little preview thing that actually you needed to watch. <laughs> so to make sense of the next episode. Yeah. So check it out, y'all, on Crunchyroll. We'll be right back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Hey, podcast fans. I'm Jeff Davis. Through the safety of your earbuds, Bluetooth speaker, or car stereo, join me as I venture out on the wine road. Aiden offers up practical and helpful tips to help you live a more joyful life. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed on a whim on a lonely Wednesday. Storygram Network. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Alicia Keys' Alicia. And it was released September 18th of 2020. It was recorded from 2017 to 2019. It was recorded at Jungle City Oven Studios, which is her own personal studios. I guess she has two of them, too. It was released by RCA Records. And I guess this was mostly a low-tempo album comparatively to her other one, which is called Here, which was a little bit more hip-hop-driven and gritty. And that one was kind of a big thing because I guess in the photo shoots, she decided not to wear makeup anymore. And it was kind of this strong, powerful thing. 
Yeah, if you're Alicia Keys, you don't have to wear makeup. She's just a beautiful person. <laughs> it was actually supposed to be released in March of 2020, but because of the pandemic, she pushed it back a little bit. She had a, quite a few songwriters in here from Swizz Beats, Ludwig. That's her husband. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't know. I was wondering. I was like, oh, I wonder how much they work together. So <laughs> that's... Ludwig Goranson, Ed Sheeran, Tony Lanz's Lanz and The Dream. And there's also guest vocalist. Khaled, which I thought was DJ Khaled, and I hated the song more, but it wasn't. Miguel, Sampha, Tara Wack, and Jill Scott. The critical reception was it was pretty good. It got at, at least like eights to tens. I'm not really too familiar with her other albums. I checked out the one before it, and it is a little bit more gritty, but then all of a sudden it has this weird pop aesthetic to it. It was also produced by Johnny Coffer Lawrence and Dobson Ludwig, of course, and Alicia Keys. Your thoughts, Santos? Well, Alicia Keys, I've never listened to like an album of hers, so that's why I wanted to listen to an album. So we just picked the new one because it's new. <laughs> so that was where to go. That's pretty rare for us, too, that we picked the newest album of something. Yeah. So, and it was a gamble. Like, I hadn't heard it. So we were like, let's try this. Some of her earlier work is so beautiful and like you just know her music and it makes you like want to cry. Like she's like really good at hitting like an emotional point. Do you know her older work? I don't. We should listen to some of those so then you'll I'm know. I'm open to that. Because she's like a piano and singing and it's like just really amazing music. And then I really liked her last year in the Grammys. <laughs> She hosted and she did a really, really great job. So we're like, let's listen to her new stuff. I felt like this album was like feel good album. Like it wasn't too deep and it just made you stay in more of a calm kind of happier zone. So I was like, is this pandemic music? Like was she trying to like get people through the pandemic with like, just like, you know what I, like I mean? That. Like kind of like, like you got this, like kind of more cheering people on nothing too sad or heartbreaking sounding in it. Cause that's not what people needed last year. You needed a little bit more upliftment. So I didn't know if that was brought up, but you said it was created before all that was happening. But I'm wondering if that shifted. I know they pushed back the release. I wonder if they shifted music around, like certain songs around. I think when you're her caliber, you really have to pick the right time to release stuff because you're playing tours and publicity things and everything. So she had to push it back a little bit, but I think it's been done for a while, personally. Yeah, it just felt more poppy and more... Light, if that makes sense, like a lightness to it. Yeah, okay. I want to get into that too because I wanted to hear your view of yeah. it before I kind of tear into it because Elisa Keys has always been around me in my atmosphere on MTV when I was a teenager, when I was watching it. I had friends who were always like, oh, you haven't listened to Alicia Keys yet? And I'm like, no. Well, you should. Like, she's amazing. And I know she's like this multi-instrumentalist and this amazing musician. And But whenever I heard it, I was like, okay, it just sounds like blah. It just sounds like this typical thing that I'm hearing all the time, like within that genre. And so I was hoping this was going to kind of open me up to her catalog and make me go, I really want to listen to this. And to me, the first 
couple songs are actually really good. The first song, The Truth Without Love, is amazing. I was like, okay, this is a great intro to Into Alicia because maybe this will actually get me into her. And then to me, it just changes into like these pop songs that I've heard already. And that's the most annoying part about it, where it sounds like I hear a lot of just like same chord progressions, same kind of vocal hooks. And I was like, God, I swear I've heard this before. And this is her latest album. And then I even thought about it. I don't even think it was her that was doing those songs prior. It was probably like Katy Perry or someone else along that line. I was like, wait a minute. This sounds kind of familiar too. Like there's kind of like a pop template that people follow, right? No, there is a pop template and there's like this certain chord progression and the way you hit these lines and these hooks, the way they go into one another. And I was like, I was expecting more from Alicia Keys. (laughs) And that's the most upsetting part. I was really hoping that I was going to like this album. I really wanted to love this album. And for me, I didn't get that in any way, shape or form. No, I feel like I wouldn't listen. I don't even listen to the whole thing through. I oh, you do didn't? Just, I oh. do. I have. Oh, okay. I've yeah, done it. Yeah. I have listened to the album multiple times all the way through. But the re- recent listenings, I really just like the first few songs that I was like, oh, I can put these in mixes or I would come back to this song or that song. But I wouldn't come back to the whole album unless it was just in the background or something. But even then, I don't know. Like Exactly. That was my whole entire thing. It was like... <laughs> Song one, I think the third song, if I remember right, are really good. And then... My Machine. That one I liked. Okay, so I'm going to play the first song, Truth Without Love, or Truth Without Love, and then we'll go into Time Machine. Such a nuisance, trying to kill all the loose ends Tell me how the truth became so elusive Them illusions from the fusion, the intrusion Contusion, you got me confused, man Wish I could change everything out of you All in my zone, Jack or home, ain't the same Cause wondering if I was still the same girl Wonder, the girl you knew before she came up Wonder, what if I was you? What if I was the same? What about the truth running around with no shame? What if I wasn't Alicia? Would it please you? How would I feed you? What if to you I was just Alicia? Why would I need you? Yeah, what if you weren't Alicia? But that song does demonstrate where I feel it comes from her. That's her signature style, like piano, and then having that emotion that you can connect with. Yeah, that to me, that song is so strong. And I kind of get it because she is at that caliber where she does need to kind of probably push in more of these like weird pop songs. So I get it. But then at the same time, I was expecting more from her. But let's play Time Machine because this is your favorite one.
But then it just, yeah, kind of peters off after the third song, I think. I remember right. You had really high expectations. Like I said, I really wanted to like this album. I think this is the first album where I'm like, eh, no. (laughs) Mm, No, you didn't like a couple other ones. (laughs) I don't think you liked Zola Jesus very much either. Uh, Well, okay, okay. (laughs) Zola Jesus. To me, she is really true to what she does. I know a lot of her stuff sounds samey. Mm-hmm. I still liked it, though. True. Where I go back and kind of like listen to it, where this is why I hate pop music. <laughs> Which we'll probably listen to like one of her older albums, and I'll probably like and go, oh, you gotta Maybe, like it. maybe not. We'll she's see. just been, I think, like you said, she's been around in our music consciousness <laughs> for a long time. So I wanted to give a little bit of more focused attention to her music. Yeah, totally. What I was expecting from her probably was something along the line of a Childish Gambino. Yeah, they should collaborate. So that was my own fault because the first song to me reminds me of Childish Gambino and even the second song kind of like, okay, this grooves. This feels really good. I think I liked Wasted Energy. Sounds like cookie cutter kind of like dub reggae beat with the intro of this one famous sample in the beginning. So like it kind of triggers something. And this is so funny to catch because I've been listening to the radio way too much. I'm like, this sounds good because <laughs> you're like, um, you phone for the trap of a template song. That's super funny. Well, yeah, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I get it. No, literally, when I listen to the radio, I hear the same songs over and over again. So it's super funny. I'm like, oh, it's dulling my abilities. To- <laughs> 
I'm like, as long as it's not hearing her song again, I'm happy. That's so um, funny. It's just like, you know, we got to get back into this podcast every week again. I know. <laughs> Tune your ears again. <laughs> you know what song I thought was weird sounding? And I wanted to ask your opinion about it. She was kind of going through, like you said, kind of like the, you didn't say this, but this is what I'm pulling from it now. These different pop templates of songs. I think it's Gramercy Park. I feel like there's like a folk or country type vibe to it that I was like, is this Alicia Keys? Are you gonna see me when the light gets dark? The sun goes down over Gramercy Park And it's become easy to hide pieces away Making up someone in the hope that you'll stay Cause I've been trying to be everything I think you want me to be I've been doing all the things that I think you wanna see. I've been trying to fulfill you with your everything. That's something that could be like played at Starbucks or something. But doesn't it sound like, I don't know, it just sounded very different to me. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like a folky country e pop. It's just so weird. And that's like the whole entire thing for me. It was just like each song was just like, okay, this is another cookie cutter kind of thing. And I remember uh, two, three months ago, you listened to it. You're like, I don't know if you're going to like this. It's pretty poppy. And I was like, oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm open to anything right now. And God, I tried. I tried. And (laughs) well, I'm glad I listened to it. There's like two songs I like for sure off of it that I'm like, oh, that was fun to listen to. Yeah, I mean, listening to something like this, which is probably the poppiest thing we've listened to, maybe aside from Billie Eilish, which mm-hmm. Billie Eilish is kind of still newer into the pop scene. They'll probably just tear her into something like this sooner or later. And having someone as legendary as someone who has been around for so long, but she's still trying to be relevant. It's kind of weird to listen to something like this because it's just like, okay, we got to play something that sounds familiar to people so people like it. And that's what bothered me. You feel like at this point in her career with her husband, (laughs) like, you know, the two musicians, that they could really experiment and really go into a different place and take music somewhere else. Yeah. She has a following, but instead it feels like as she's gotten more and more popular, she's watered down. Yeah. It's a little upsetting to me. I'm not even an Alicia Keys fan. It's upsetting (laughs) to me. I'm wondering about these people who've been Alicia Keys fans since the 90s. Did you see any reviews for it? It's gotten positive reviews. And I'm wondering like, what the f***? Well, I told you it's been a hard year, and I feel like people needed something easy to listen to that didn't You're create too right. much emotion. So, because everyone had a lot of emotions, and sometimes you need something that's like easy. This is easy music. It's not challenging me enough, no, I guess, and that's the biggest to, problem. I think she did like probably what she was set up. I'm, but then when you told me it was like created like two years ago or more, I'm like, oh, this was going to be this way. regardless and so that's what's kind of disturbing me too but i want to find this one song that sounds like every other song 
in the pop template, and it drives me insane. I could have swore someone else did it a couple years ago, and that's what pisses me off. She was walking in the street, looked up and noticed he was nameless. He was homeless. She asked him his name and told him what hers was. He gave her a story about life with a glint in his eye and a corner of a smile. One conversation, a simple moment. The things that change us if we notice when we look up sometimes. They said I would never make it, but I was built to break the mold. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. I mean, come on. Do you think she's been on The Voice too long? Is she on The Voice? She was. She was a judge on The Voice oh, for a period of time. Dear Maybe God. that's what happened. Maybe she created songs that could be covered on The Voice. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I'm going to say this right now. I have a lot of respect for her, even though I'm like sandbagging her a whole bunch. It's not like... I hate her because she's pop. Well, maybe I am. But <laughs> I really do want to like her stuff. But it's just, I think she's beyond my capacity in a way. Especially this album in general, because she is trying to attract more of the 16-year-olds, it sounds like. Or something along that line. Or people who go to Coachella just to look all fashionably cool and well, shit. That's mom music. So it's like she created mom music and you don't, you're not going to listen to mom music yeah, exactly. <laughs> at home. Like you're like, you're not going to listen to this. And I think you just had higher standards of what she could bring knowing her career and her talent. And each song, it's not like that song was bad. It's not like it's like no, poorly it's not. made not, not or written or her singing's gorgeous. It's just not interesting or different. Or it's very <laughs> cookie cutter. I mean, that sounds like Katy Perry might have done it or someone else might have done that same exact song. Because you, the way I listen to an album, give it zero bias because I don't want to look it up or anything. I just want to listen to it. as I, I just play video games and just turn on the music on the video game and just play this music. And I played it like two and a half times. I was like, hmm. I don't know about this album. It's not really triggering anything, really, for me. But I will follow her on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give her a follow. I feel like I could probably pick songs from each album and make my own album of things I like of hers. But, but that's the thing, though. I mean, for me, in general, I like to listen to an album all the way through and just think, okay, this album as a whole is amazing. I hate the fact that it's just like a couple of these songs are really good because they're meant to be singles. Mm -hmm. She's at that caliber, though, where I guess that's what she needs to do, in a sense. I thought that I just don't think you're the target audience. I'm not you're not the, the target, target audience for this album. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like a mall rat or soccer mom or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's not exactly. for me. Exactly. We tried it. We tried. Uh, but if you're into Alicia Keys, I'm assuming you are going to like it. Yeah, I would like to know. So if you're not, comment about it. <laughs> Maybe you could write us a letter or leave a comment going, hey, I like this. I wonder You're if, wrong. Um, 
Does it tell you on Spotify like what her popular albums are? It shows you what the popular songs are. I mean, some of her songs have almost 500 million plays. I mean, holy f- Wow. That would be nice. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, props to her. Seriously. Let's see. She has a song called My Boo, which I guess that's pretty popular. If I Ain't Got You. That one's got 530 million. Yeah, that's probably her her most famous one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, if you like her, this is for you. You Do it. All you. If you're into weird (laughs) artsy shit like me and need a challenge for your ears, um, no, this is not for you. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, if you want something light and fun to listen to in the background, go for it. Yeah, exactly. But I'd opt for something else, personally. Anyway, you can find me on all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. And you can find me on Instagram under Sister Santos. Yeah.
Just let you be silver. 